Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa ala rasulillah. Regarding the ruling of zakah, uh, the one who denies that it's an obligation, this person, by consensus, is a disbeliever. Obviously, because the Qur'an says it over and over again, you have to disbelieve in so many ayat. Uh, but the one who doesn't pay out of laziness and stinginess, the majority say that he's still a Muslim, uh, but obviously a, a very sinful Muslim, and a, a fasiq, and very much uh, it's possible that he gets punished. A minority opinion from Ibn Mas'ud and from Imam Ahmed say that they might be indeed a disbeliever. And perhaps the reason for this is, there's a, a hadith in Sunan uh, An-Nasa'i, it's considered sahih, authentic hadith. لَمَّا تُوَفِّيَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ الْعَرَبِ That when the Prophet passed away, the Arabs apostated. فَقَالَ عُمَرْ So Umar said, يَا أَبَا بَكْرِ Oh, Abu Bakr, as he's the Khalifa, right? How are you going to go fight the Arabs? Like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to do this. Like, you're going to go fight and kill, uh, you know, with all the Arabs? فَقَالَ أَبُوْ بَكْرِ إِنَّمَا قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ He quotes the hadith. He says, the Prophet ﷺ said what? أُمِرْتُ أَنْ أُقَاتِلَ النَّاسَ حَتَّى يَشْهَدُوا أَنْ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ وَيُؤْتُ الزَّكَاةِ uh, the most common interpretation of Anas is the Arabs specifically, because he, he specifically said, are you going to fight the Arabs? And he's saying, yes. The Prophet said that he has to fight Anas in this particular context, the Arabs, uh, as in the Arabian Peninsula, until they bear witness that there is no God except Allah, that Muhammad is the messenger, until they pray their salah and pay zakah. And then Abu Bakr says, Wallahi, لو منعوني عناقاً مما كانوا يعطون رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لقاتلتهم عليه. Uh, uh, that he says, I swear by Allah, if they prevent from me even a, if they even withhold from me a young goat that they used to give the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I will continue and fight them for it. As in, there's going to be no change. This is, uh, and, and think about it, I mean, if, I don't know, there's 50 states in the U.S., imagine if one state says, yeah, we're not going to, we're no, no longer going to pay taxes, we're, never gonna, we're no longer going to obey the law, you know, you, you know, the government wouldn't say, well, like, oh, maybe they don't, they don't believe anymore, you know. Maybe they're not believers in the United States anymore. It's like, no, we're going to send in the military, you know. So, I mean, I hope you guys see the, the parallel that, uh, you know, don't just relegate Islam to a religion, you know. Like, for example, if you're driving down the road and then the cop pulls you over and says you were speeding, you're like, oh, yeah, but I don't believe in that law. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> Nobody cares, you know what I mean? Like, you get my point? Like, there, there's, there's certain points where your belief doesn't make a difference, you know. There are certain laws that we have to live by. Right, um, so in that same way, Islam was the state was the was the state uh, you could say the the constitution, and so they have to pay zakat to the state, and so he says, look, I'm going to fight them if they if they even withhold from me a, a single goat, a baby goat, I'm going to attack them for it. So Umar says as a response to that, فَلَمَّا رَأَيْتُ رَأْيَ أَبِي بَكْرٍ قَدْ شُرِحَ عَلِمْتُ أَنَّهُ الْحَقِّ He said, uh, the, by Allah, as soon as I realized how certain Abu Bakr was, I knew that it was the truth. So in other words, uh, uh, yes, this is where you get the opinion that if you can fight them, nobody's fighting them saying, by the way, are you paying out of laziness? Or are, are you guys not, uh, are, are you not paying out of laziness? Or are you not paying because you don't believe it anymore? Nobody was clarifying. It was just like, look, you're not paying, we fight you. So that lends to the idea that, uh, of Ibn Mas'ud and Imam Ahmed that maybe these people are disbelievers entirely. Wallah uh, ta'ala a'lam. Again, you could, you, could, you could counter that by saying this is a state issue, not an individual issue. And Allah knows best. Something to be researched, inshallah. Hajj al-Bayt. We have to move quickly. Uh, in terms of the uh, Hajj al-Bayt, uh, what is this referring to? Well, the verb Hajj ya 
uh, hajjan means to overcome, to defeat with arguments, to, conf uh, to confute somebody, to prove somebody's point, uh, to, to prove your point, excuse me, for a, for a person to prove their point. Hajja yahujju means to prove your point, hence the term hujja. A hujja is an evidence. But it also means, hajja yahujju means to go towards something out of veneration. As in, to go towards something out of respect or honor, i.e. to make a pilgrimage. Hence, Hajj is the pilgrimage, a religious journey. It also means to repair, which is interesting, because maybe your objective in making Hajj is to repair your relationship with Allah, I don't know. Um, this is a very powerful act. We do know that it is the uh, largest annual religious gathering on earth every year except for this one. <laughs> How sad. Um, SubhanAllah. Uh, or any, actually, maybe it is this year. I don't know. There are no religious gatherings this year because of uh, COVID. Uh, but anyway, normally, it would be the largest religious annual gathering on earth. SubhanAllah. It's such a powerful uh, uh, visual just to see the largest amount of people come together for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all dressed the same, all with shaved heads, uniform, looking uniform or cut hair, and uh, uh, doing the same rituals. It is a very, very powerful symbol of unity coming to the desert where there's nothing special about the land itself except for sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake. And I've said this before, but it's worth repeating. If this was somewhere in like Hawaii with beautiful beaches or something like that, then people could come with mixed intentions. But the fact that Allah ta'ala chose this to be in the middle of the desert shows what? You're coming here for nobody's sake other than for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a very powerful uh, image. It has very powerful implications. The Hajj, you could say, is the pinnacle uh, of all these pillars because it includes what? Faith in Allah, obviously, because you're going to the Baytullah, the house of Allah Ta'ala. Uh, faith is strong, La ilaha illallah and Muhammad Rasulullah, faith in the Shahada. Why? Because this is where the Prophet started his message. So it's a very powerful connection there. Qibla, five times a day you're facing that direction, now you're going to that direction. Uh, 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 in terms of zakah, you are training yourself to give every year, and then now you're going to make a big exp uh, expense in what? Going for the Hajj. So it's like training every year you're spending, spending. Fisa billah, now you're going to spend big time Fisa billah in Hajj. And also Ramadan, every month, you, every, uh, every year for one month, you're, you're tr practicing and training yourself at self restraint. And there's a lot of self restraint that you have to withhold when you're in such large masses and groups because people lose their temper very quickly. I've heard uh, countless horror stories of people talking about how frustrating Hajj can be. Look, when you're with that big of a number of people, you have to expect it. People can't move at the same speed, people don't have the same mobility, people don't have the same uh, 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 backgrounds and cultures. Um, it's, a, it's, 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 it's a big deal. So you have to be very, very, very patient. The obligation of Hajj is mentioned in the Qur'an. Allah says, وَلِلَّهِ عَلَى النَّاسِ حِجُّ الْبَيْتِ مَنِ اسْتَطَاعَ إِلَيْهِ سَبِيلًا That Allah says what? Uh, that due to Allah from the people is the pilgrimage to the house for whoever is able to find their way. So Allah Ta'ala specifies, if you're able to, in the Qur'an. What does that mean if you're able to? Physically healthy, financially you have well-being, and you have the necessary provisions to make the actual uh, journey, and on top of that, the route is safe. In other words, you're not supposed to put yourself in harm's way if the route is, uh, is not safe. And as for women, they have to have a mahram, or they can go in a trustworthy group. That is also a possibility. When must Hajj be performed? Uh, the, at, the, at the first feasibility, which is a big responsibility for all of us, this is the opinion of Imam Malik, Abu Hanifa, Ahmed, and one of the uh, sayings, one quote from Imam Shafi'i, that at the first feasible occasion, right when your cash is enough and your, your circumstances are, are able to go, you go. Why? Different evidences. The Prophet says what? Men kusira aw uh, arija faqad halla wa alayhi al-hajju min qabilin. 
that if anybody breaks a bone or a leg or becomes lame, then he has to come out of the sacred state and must perform hajj the following year. The fact that somebody who injures themselves has to go, the Prophet is saying the following year. This is in Sunan Abi Dawood, and it's considered sahih. The fact that he's saying the following year implies what? Don't delay. And even more explicitly, the Prophet says, this is in Muslim Imam Ahmed, and it's, it's uh, At-Tahawi mentions it in Sharh uh, Mushkil Athar, and it's considered Hassan by Al-Albani. The Prophet says what? تَعَجَّلُوا إِلَى الْحَجِّ يَعْنِي الْفَرِيضَ فَإِنَّ أَحَدَكُمْ that hurry up and perform hajj, the obligatory one. Why? Because none of you knows what may happen to him. Like, you don't know what's going to happen to you. You don't know if you're going to live to see the next year or the year after that. So you keep putting it off and then you die. And then subhanAllah, you did not fulfill your obligation. So it seems pretty even intuitive that obviously you shouldn't delay it. What is the reward for hajj, subhanAllah? The Prophet says what? مَنْ حَجَّ لِلَّهِ فَلَمْ يَرْفُثْ وَلَمْ يَفْسُقْ that whoever performs hajj uh, uh, for Allah's pleasure and does not have uh, intimacy, relations with, with their spouse, and does not uh, uh, do any sort of evil or sin, then they will return after that hajj free from all sins as if they, just like the day they were born from their mother. Or just like the day that their mother gave birth to them. That's better, better wording. The Prophet says what? Al-umratu ila al-umrati. Uh, the Prophet says that one umrah to another, it deletes the sins, it, uh, 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 it expiates the sins between it, and the reward for hajj mabrur, the reward for hajj that is accepted is what? Nothing except paradise. Sahih Bukhari, subhanAllah, beautiful hadith. There's another, and by the way, this is, this is really fascinating. Anna Rasulullah somebody asked the Prophet which action is the best? Having faith, the foundation. You have to have faith in Allah and His Messenger. Then they said, what else? What after that? Fighting and striving in, in battle uh, for the sake of Allah. That an accepted hajj. Then Aisha, she asked uh, one time, Ya Rasulullah, ala nisa'i jihadun? Is there, is jihad obligatory for the women? Imagine the mindset that it's like, you have iman. Well, as a woman, I can do that too. I can have iman in Allah and His Messenger. Number two is jihad. Number three is hajj. And she's thinking, well, I can do hajj, but I want, I want even higher than that. I want the jihad. So it's like the one thing that she's thinking, wait a second, am I allowed to do that? Is showing that subhanAllah, the, 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 the sahabiyat, the, the, the sahaba, uh, uh, the women around the Prophet they were thinking, I don't want even one degree lower. Can I do the jihad as well? Like, can I participate? Like, subhanAllah, you see how eager they were to uh, uh, get the highest of rewards, subhanAllah. So she asked, "Ala nisa'i jihadun? Do the women, uh, is it obligatory? Should we, should we fight as well? قَالَ نَعَمْ عَلَيْهِنَّ جِهَادٌ لَا قِتَالٌ فِيهِ الْحَجُّ وَالْعُمْرَةٌ He says, yes, upon them is jihad in which there is no fighting, and that is hajj and umrah. In other words, that's your jihad. So, the, so subhanAllah, the sisters, they're hearing that, you know, jihad is the, is the top, is the pinnacle. And they're like, well, can we do it too? And it's like, yes, you do have a, a jihad. Your jihad is hajj. And Umrah. So that's that you get the reward of that top pinnacle thing. So subhanAllah, it's so beautiful that the Prophet included them as well in this. Final one, Saum, and then we're going to move on to the next hadith, inshallah, next time. The final point was Saumi Ramadan. The Prophet says what? And the fasting of Ramadan. The word Saum itself comes from Sama Yasumu, Soman or Siyaman, which means to abstain. 
and that is the linguistic lughatan, the, the uh, lughawi meaning. The istilahan, the, the uh, technical meaning, is what? To abstain from food, drink, and intimacy during the daylight hours. Uh, during, during the daylight hours. That's what it refers to. But specifically, sawmi Ramadan, it's during that month of Ramadan, either 29 or 30 uh, uh, nights of Ramadan. Oh, excuse me, days uh, that you're doing the fasting. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala commanded us, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ O you who have believed, decreed upon you is fasting as it was decreed upon those before you that you may become righteous. So this is the command from Allah. What is the reward? The Prophet says, الصِّيَامُ جُنَّةٌ مِنَ النَّارِ كَجُنَّةِ أَحَدِكُمْ مِنَ الْقِتَالِ Fasting is a shield from the fire, just like a shield of any, of you, any one of you when they are fighting. SubhanAllah. Just imagine, you know, you, just how, how much you would want protection in, 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 in a battle. SubhanAllah. This is, uh, the Prophet is saying, that is your protection, that is your shield. The Prophet says, look at, look at this beautiful hadith. الصِّيَامُ وَالْقُرْآنُ يَشْفَعَانِ لِلْعَبْدِ uh, لِلْعَبْدِ يَقُولُ الصِّيَامُ that subhanAllah, fasting and the Qur'an will intercede for a person. Your fasting and your Qur'an, why? يَقُولُ الصِّيَامُ That because fasting will say, as in the reward of fasting, it will say, أي, أي رَبِّي إِنِّي مَنَعْتُهُ الطَّعَامُ وَالشَّهَوَاتِ بِالنَّهَارِ فَشَفِّعْنِي فِيهِ That he will say that, that, that siyam, the, the good deeds of siyam, the good deeds of fasting will speak and say, Oh my Lord, I have kept him away from his food and his passions, his desires by day. So accept my intercession for him. So on judgment day, you will see your fasting speaking on your behalf. And then, وَيَقُولُ Quran, And the Qur'an will speak and say, مَنَعْتُهُ النَّوْمَ بِالْلَيْلِ فَشَفِّعْنِي فِيهِ I used to prevent him from sleep during the night. Now, what is this implying? That somebody who memorizes Qur'an is supposed to be praying at night. SubhanAllah, may Allah forgive us. How many of us, we memorize Qur'an and then we don't go over it. And this is why we forget it so easily, right? The whole idea is that when you memorize a surah, now you have something to enjoy at night. That is the idea. Now, if you don't do that, if you don't take advantage of these surahs and say, I'm going to pray with this surah, I want to enjoy this, I want to go over it and understand it and think about it and contemplate and pray with it and get closer to Allah with His words. If you don't do that, I want Allah to speak to me through my own mouth. These are Allah's words, Allah is speaking to me, and I'm the one articulating the words. It's amazing. And I'm doing this when I'm completely alone. And that's another fascinating thing. Both of these two ibadat, these two, these two forms of worship, they are completely sincere. Because nobody actually knows if you're fasting. Nobody knows. You could say, yeah, I'm fasting today. But you go and you just grab something to eat. Nobody saw you, right? Nobody saw that you got a drink. Nobody saw that you grabbed a bite. So it's purely for Allah's sake. And praying at night, the whole idea is that nobody's around. So it's so amazing that these two will intercede for you why? Because they are so sincere, and one is, one is not doing, one is doing. Right? So they have a nice balance to them. Right? One is abstaining, and one is actually uh, proactive and, 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 and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the middle of the night. And both of them are very private, and bo both of them are very sincere, subhanAllah. The Prophet says, this is another uh, hadith, يَتْرُكُ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابُهُ وَشَهْوَتَهُ مِنْ أَجْلِ Oh, this is a hadith Qudsi. That, uh, that Allah Ta'ala will say that He, my slave, has left His food and His drink and His desires for my sake. Uh, 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 and fasting is for me. And I will reward for it. In other words, I will reward as I wish. 
and walhasanatu bi ashri amthalha and a, 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 a good deed is normally 10 times so subhanallah we know that any good deed is 10 times or more than that and so but when it comes to fasting allah is saying i'm going to particularly personally reward that as i wish and so the expectation is going to be way 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 more subhanallah the Prophet said, "Man sama Ramadan iman and wahtisaban ghufir lahu ma taqaddam min dhambihi." That whoever fasts in the month of Ramadan out of sincere faith and hoping for a reward from Allah Taala, then all of his previous sins will be forgiven. Yes. So, how much? I only have a few minutes left. There's one very uh, scary hadith in uh, Sahih Ibn Hibban. It's uh, it's authentic hadith in which the Prophet says, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but basically the Prophet said he was sleeping and then he, he had a vision where he was taken by his arms by these angels and they were told, uh, they told him, Is'ad, climb. And hatta idha kuntu, until uh, I got to, uh, to uh, you know, the sawa'il uh, jabal, to the, to, the, to the summit of the mountain. And then I heard this screaming and this crying. فَإِذَا أَنَا بِصَوْتٍ شَدِيدٍ I heard this, this, this terrible, terrible screams. So I said, فَقُلْتُ مَا هَذِهِ الْأَسْوَاتِ What are these noises? قَالَ هَذَا عُوَاءُ أَهْلِ النَّارِ These are the, the cries uh, of the people, of the inhabitants of the fire. And then I was taken, ثُمَّ إِنْتَقَلَ بِي فَإِذَا أَنَا بِقَوْمٍ مُعَلَّقِينَ بِعَرَاقِبِهِمْ بِعَرَاقِبِهِمْ That I was taken and I saw people who were strung up by their hamstrings. And their jawbones were torn out and flowing with blood. Subhanallah. And he said, who are these people? They're those people who they break their fast before the time it was permissible to do so. In other words, obviously fasting, you can't watch people, right? And so there are some people that go privately and uh, they just go break their fast and say, yeah, of course I'm fasting. And they're lying. Now, inshallah ta'ala, I don't believe that this is the majority. I really think this is the absolute minority. But subhanallah, according to, uh, according to this hadith the Prophet is mentioning in Sahih ibn Hibban, that... Such people, uh, they will be on Judgment Day strung up and their jaws ripped out and flowing with blood. Why? Because they were eating when they shouldn't have been. So to end it on a more positive note, inshallah, the last thing I want to mention is that when it comes to the five pillars of Islam, you see a consistency. All of them take humanity from division to unity. It's, a really, it's really fascinating. So when you look at the shahada, it has two parts. La ilaha illallah takes us from the, div- the divisiveness of shirk to the unity of tawheed, the oneness of Allah. Muhammad Rasulullah, there's a lot of different ways of life that people can live, and yet we, uh, uh, we, 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 we look at all those various ways of life, and we realize that the best of them, we get united on the sunnah of the Messenger Then number three is as-salah. We stand together five times a day, we move together, we listen together, and we pray together. This is a source of unity. Zakah, you see what? That money of the, the, the wealth of the rich goes down a little, and the poor, their wealth goes up a little, and that's bringing a little bit, that's, it's lessening the gap, the wealth gap between uh, different factions of society, and this is bringing human beings together. Psalm, we all get hungry together, we all eat together, we all pray at night together, it's a whole month of unity. And then Hajj is, like I said, the largest annual religious gathering on earth, so clearly from all over the world people get together. It's a huge source of unity. So with that, inshallah ta'ala, if we can stop, uh, with that, inshallah ta'ala, we will uh, end. And may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who apply all of the five pillars. Ameen, ya Rabbil Ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.